The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, April 12th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us on another winter surprise. (laughs) It is not over yet. (laughs) As we headed up the hill this morning. Oh, look at that. Snow's falling and there's snow on the side of the road. So it looks like it had been keeping up for a little while kind of earlier this morning, but uh, the roads are all pretty clear. They're fine, yeah. Yeah, and and we can already tell here at Sylvan Hill, which we're a little elevated, uh, we'll say, and if we're going to get snow at a little bit higher elevations around here, it's going to be here already melting off. Yes, and I did see there were a couple of school districts that the buses were on snow routes this morning. So I think as you get farther, I think Banks was one of the school districts. So you get a little farther out, little elevation, and uh, you might run into that. But anyway, it's you know, though, I, I just saw this yesterday. I was reading this yesterday. It was, I believe, April 11th last year when we had the freak snowstorm. That freak snowstorm that uh, we still have the stump of a tree that fell over here on the hill. I remember that. It was a lot that we got. It was quite a few inches that we got up here and uh, so glad it wasn't uh, quite to that level. But yeah, so anyways, but a good day nonetheless, David. I can't let the morning show get too far along the way without saying a big Happy birthday to my daughter, Ashlyn. Hey. She is no longer a teenager. How about that? 20 years old. 20 I said, years old. It's a strange birthday. I said, because you're not a teenager anymore, which is a good thing. You really start to feel like you're an adult. I said, but you're not 21 yet. So, you yeah. know, you're still under that restriction. And her, her driver's license still has to remain sideways until they're 21 when she can apply for the regular looking one. Is that right? It's different. It's a different look. Yeah, it's uh, rather than the driver's license that's sideways. Yeah, yeah. Like ours, if you're under 21, your license is vertical. I did not know that. Really? No. When did they? When did they do? When did they start doing that? Your daughters probably had driver's licenses mm. like that, or maybe that's just a Washington thing. Or it could be a Washington thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't recall. It's been a while, but yeah. I don't recall my daughters having a uh, vertical license. Oh, really? No. Yeah, uh, that's probably a more recent thing, and it could be just a Washington thing. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, so that way it's real obvious to people when they show their ID, and then if they get an ID, you know, like say they've had their birthday and it's sideways, it just forces a, you know, a a server to look at it a little more closely to ensure that they have a a 21-year-old. Yeah, I have to ask my wife about that if she remembers that they ever had a vertical license. If you're listening out there, honey... Text me and let me know. It's been that way, yeah. at least in Washington, for a, a, a long time. Yeah. A long, like, okay. I want to say, like, since the 90s, yeah. maybe. Well, well, happy birthday. Well, happy birthday to Ashlyn. You still have a vertical license. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's gonna, she's got to keep that one for one more year. What's she going to do today? What's the what's the party plans? Uh, she's going to work. Well, <laughs> yes. Hey, welcome herself, to the adulthood. Welcome to the yeah. world. That's yeah. right. She's got herself a job. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I guess it's her first full week. She just, it's a brand new job for her, so she said she's 
she gets to start her first week at her, you know, her new job uh, in the healthcare field. So yeah. we're very proud of her. Very nice. Uh, and uh, she gets to work. But we'll probably do uh, the waterfront's got some yeah. new restaurants down there. That Vancouver waterfront that yeah. are opening up. We will probably not go to El Gaucho, yeah. which is new down there because that's a little pricey. Maybe for a twenty-first birthday, that would be a good option. But maybe uh, yeah. there's an Italian place. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese isn't too far from the house. We've had a birthday or two oh, there before, yes. too. Back in the day. That drive me crazy. Get all those tickets and you can rede- redeem them for uh, wonderful prizes. You, you spend $55 on tokens to play games to turn That's it in right. for a 75-cent toy. Ah, uh, yes. That gets lost in the back of the van. I remember those days <laughs> very well. Well, that's great. I hope she has a wonderful birthday day today. It'll be fun. So have a good dinner. Have a good dinner, wherever we happen to go. Uh, What do you have coming up today? Well, could the future of going to Mass be in the metaverse? Sounds like a sci-fi movie, David, but 24% of parishes already offering this virtual reality option. All right. I'd be interested to hear about that. And how about this? Hmm. For the first time in a century, wolves spotted in (gasps) western Washington. I heard about this. I know. This is very interesting. I want to know what I didn't see is where that is. That's it. I'll let you know. I have to watch my dogs now. (laughs) Right. We got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Dana Catherine and Capable. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. You are the life in me.
That is Dana Catherine and Capable. It is 710. I'd look at the clock. 710 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us on, well, hopefully not too snowy of a Wednesday here in the springtime. It is starting to melt out there, though. I'm looking and, you know, it was on kind of in the flower beds area, mm-hmm. but now it looks like it's uh, warming up quickly. So we'll get your forecast coming up. You got a good interview coming up here. That's right. There's a new director of Hispanic Ministries in the Archdiocese of Portland. All right. I'm going to talk to him. Right up next. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them. Send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Spring is in bloom at Mater Dei Radio, and with the warming weather comes a wide variety of exciting Catholic events. Plug into all this family fun through the Hail Mary Media app. From parish festivals to spiritual retreats, you'll find it all on a community calendar that integrates directly into your car's mapping program. Mater Dei Radio's Hail Mary Media app also brings you powerful spiritual resources, including Liturgy of the Hours with the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, a customized schedule of all your prayer reminders, a stream of Mater Dei Radio's live broadcasts, podcast of all our original programming, including shows only available on the app, videos, Catholic news, and more. Download it all today. Search Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to materdayradio.com for more details. Spring into holiness and get the Hail Mary Media app now from Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 7-12 at Mater Dei Radio. I feel like this is October because there's a frost advisory in effect. <laughs> it's springtime. From midnight tonight till 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, temperatures as low as possibly 32 degrees will result in frost forming in some locations in the Willamette Valley. Wow. How about that? It's chilly out. It is chilly. I hope you didn't plant your uh, new little peas that are just, just getting thinking, ready to grow. I almost bought new hanging baskets yeah. for the Easter season. I'm glad I didn't because yes. they'd have died. Maybe so. Today, 50% chance of showers, high of 50 degrees. And then again, chilly overnight tonight, low down to possibly 32. And then for tomorrow, 30% chance of rain, high of 51. Now for Friday, hey, Partly sunny skies, high of 59. Oh. I'll take that. I'll take that, too. Mm-hmm. Currently, though, it is 37 degrees at Catholic Community Services of Clark County in Vancouver. 38 degrees at St. Andrew's Church in Portland. 
Hispanic ministry leaders from the Archdiocese of Portland gathered last month at the Pastoral Center for a morning of prayer, praise, and team building with the goal of closer collaboration and outreach to the Hispanic community. Well, this meeting was convened by the Archdiocese of Portland new director of Hispanic ministries, Father Mike Kuber. Now, Father Mike is joining me this morning to share more about his story and his plans and goals to head this growing and vibrant part of our church right here in Oregon. Good morning, Father Mike. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It's a pleasure to be with you, an honor to be with you. I I love doing Hispanic ministry, and uh, I've loved doing this ministry since since I started doing it in 1999 as a deacon at St. Anne's Parish. I've I've had a ongoing, you know, love relationship with our Hispanic community, and and they're breathing life into our church, and I'm I'm just so glad that they're here, that they're here to to worship Jesus and to honor His blessed. Blessed Mother, Our oh, Lady. Well, thank you for your time. We are so grateful to have you also here in the Archdiocese of Portland to head up, as you said, this growing and very vibrant community. Now, before we talk about what's happening within your new post, tell our listeners a little bit about some of your background and your vocation to the priesthood and how that kind of maybe led you a little bit around the country and then right back here to the Pacific Northwest. Sure. So my vocation to the priesthood goes back to my family. I grew up in a, a, a large Catholic family of uh, I have six brothers and sisters, and I'm number three. And uh, so I think probably when I was about 10 or 12, I remember going to church and seeing my dad listen reverently to the priest and seeing the priest up there uh, preaching. And I just said to myself, that's what I want to do with my life. I think that's what the where the call came from uh, for the priesthood. And however, I wanted to live as a priest in community. And so that led me to join the, the Brotherhood of the People of Praise community in 1985. And it wasn't until uh, 1996 that I entered the seminary and uh, at Mount Angel. And I was ordained in the year 2000. Uh, my love for Hispanic ministry has uh, just been part of who I am since high school. I, I learned Spanish, became fluent in high school, and one of my uh, colleagues, I, I, I drove a, a Mexican student named Mingo to, to soccer practice, and so he invited me to go and spend the summer with his family. So in between my freshman year, or in between my senior year at Catholic Central High School, and uh, University of Notre Dame, I went to Mexico and I lived with a, a, a Mexican family and I visited the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe and um, did all kinds of fun things and and also saw the, the great love that the Mexican people had for, for Christ and for his blessed mother in Our Lady of Guadalupe. So that was, uh, that's kind of a little bit of my background in uh, in serving. Father Mike Huber is joining me today. He has been named as the new director of Hispanic Ministries here in the Archdiocese of Portland. He's joining us today to share more about his story and about how he aims to help this incredibly vibrant and growing part of our church. 
Well, Father Mike, there is a demographic shift happening among U.S. Catholics, and Latinos are making up a larger number of people in our pews. Tell us more about what Mm -hmm. is happening with this demographic shift here in the U.S. and and in Portland also. Sure. The Hispanic or Latino moment, so so our leaders, uh, including uh, uh, Archbishop Gomez, is talking about this Hispanic moment in the in the U.S. Catholic Church right now, and this Hispanic or Latino moment refers to this demographic shift that we're talking about in the U.S. Catholicism. The U.S. Church is undergoing a present transformation, becoming predominantly Latino. It's estimated that 43% of U.S. Catholics are Latinos, while 60% uh, of Catholics under the age of 18 are Hispanic. This Hispanic moment is breathing new life into the larger church in the U.S. because Hispanic population is younger and Hispanic couples are having families. They want to raise those families in the Catholic faith. Uh, Besides growth, the Hispanic community brings their culture to enrich the experience of Catholic life in the U.S. Their love for processions, statues, images, and devotions, the music and food that enriches the experience of the Catholic faith. So that's a little bit about the Hispanic moment. Uh, I talked to uh, the bishop the other day, and he said 48% of our population, our Catholic population here in this archdiocese uh, is Hispanic. Wow, that's incredible. uh, Father, do we know or have an idea of what uh, percentage of those numbers are immigrant families coming from Spanish-speaking countries versus those populations who are maybe first or maybe even second generation Hispanic community yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. So, so one one misconception that people have is that Hispa- all Hispanics are are uh, recently arrived. Right. And uh, in in fact, most of the the Hispanics uh, in our country are born here in the United States, and uh, so. Um, so I think there's there's uh, the first generation immigrants come in. They they tend to speak Spanish. They prefer you know um, socializing and and uh, learning in Spanish, praying in Spanish. But then the second generations come and 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 they may prefer some things in English because that's the language of school and so forth. But but they're still they're raised in Hispanic households with Hispanic culture. And so they live in kind of in between Hispanic culture and Anglo-American culture. And then the third generation is even more removed from uh, from that. So anyway. Well, Father Mike, along with the language and speaking and having liturgy in Spanish, they also bring very unique qualities that are important to the the cultural experience. I mean, that is still very much a part of how they express their catholic faith too they're they're very much one and the same and i tell our listeners about what is unique especially for priests and deacons who have a large spanish community in their boundaries so to speak that is necessary to incorporate not just a language but an entire culture of a people who want to praise god sure Sure. I, I, so I think signs and symbols are very important for our, our, our uh, Hispanic brothers and sisters. Mother Church has educated and, and uh, passed the faith on them 
to them through signs and symbols and through devotions. So devotions to Our Lady of Guadalupe, for example, um, uh, every, every country in, in uh, the Hispanic-speaking world has a particular devotion. So in Cuba, it's Our Lady, uh, Nuestra Señora de, de Cobre, Our, Our Lady of Copper, because the, the copper mines there, uh, I, you know, I've adopted her as the patroness for, for protection, for health. And uh, so if you look at every country in, in South America, Argentina, Venezuela, Ecuador, they all have their particular devotions to, to Our Lady. And it's beautiful. So it's part of the, the beautiful diversity, I would say, of our Catholic mm. faith is, is these different expressions of devotion to Mary. Um, so. Oh, and from my own experience, Father, uh, just through the cultural experience of my own non-English speaking grandparents, it's a yeah. beautiful culture that well, they just love to share with the broader community and anybody who uh, would be interested in joining them on any one of their beautiful special celebrations through the year. Yeah. Father, I've really enjoyed our conversation so much. There is more I want to talk to you about, especially about your plans and goals as you head up this program. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Sure. And it is 7.23 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Wednesday morning. Uh, once again, our website, having a few difficulties with that again. So if you're trying to log on, uh, hold tight. Hopefully it'll be back up soon as we're working on that. And of course, though, trying to stream Mater Day Radio, Morning Blend. Yeah, you can get it Hail Mary the Media app. app. That's right. So if you've yet to download the Hail Mary Media app, please do so. You can get all of our information there through the websites if, when it's down. Get it through the Hail Mary Media app as well as stream our audio there. And of course, one of the things you'll find out on the app, our Spring Shareathon coming right up on Monday, 17th through the 21st. We hope you will tune in. Got a lot of wonderful guests lined up. Just going to be a great week and an opportunity for you to support Mater Day Radio. Again, all the information through our Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with The Mother's Moment. The other day I was walking through a local nursing home to visit a friend and all of a sudden my children were like local celebrities. The older residents started to wave and call out to get my children's attention. My children were at first shocked and uncomfortable as they were being sought out in such a friendly manner. This experience was an eye-opening moment for it revealed the importance of visiting the elderly. The blessed Pope John Paul II stated that our elderly have an important mission of being a witness to the past and a source of wisdom for the young and for the future. Our Holy Father is asking a twofold request of us. First, that the older generation share their experience and wisdom 
and second, that the younger generation is available to listen and learn from them. If you do not have an aged relative in your local area, consider visiting a local parishioner or a neighbor. These type of relationships are vital as you help your children to grow in compassion and a healthy worldview. So consider doing the small things like making holiday cards, dropping off cookies, or just spending a few minutes visiting someone, which can make a world of difference. When we teach our children to stretch themselves outside their comfort zone, we can all benefit with the spiritual fruits. So let us pray. Dear Jesus, please help us to reach out to the elderly with love. Amen. May we be a light in this world by teaching our children to be compassionate towards others. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, there are a couple new wolves in town. Well, maybe not in town, but in the area. I'll explain in the news. All right. And could the future of going to mass be on the metaverse? Yeah. And what is the metaverse? Yeah. I'll tell you about it coming up in three minutes. Here is Dave Moore and Song of Victory. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Your joy fills 
that is Dave Moore, Song of Victory. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis has told keyboard warriors to put aside online polemics and get out from behind their desk to proclaim the gospel. Now, speaking in St. Peter's Square earlier today, the Pope urged Christians to go out, get moving, to share the good news of the gospel with the world. Nepanov said, one does not proclaim the gospel standing still, locked in an office at one's desk or one's computer, engaging in polemics like keyboard warriors and replacing the creativity of proclamation with copy and paste ideas taken from here and there. Pope Francis said in his Wednesday audience and warned that it is possible to have misdirected zeal that is doggedly persisted in the observance of pure human and obsolete norms for the Christian community. Now, at the end of the audience, Pope Francis marked the 60th anniversary of the publication of St. John XXIII's encyclical Pacem in Terrace which means peace on earth, calling the document a true blessing for the world when it was published in 1963 amid the tensions of the Cold War. And live streaming and digital giving tools were necessities for parishes at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. But as the world reopened and parishes adapted, priests and leaders across the U.S. realized they want to continue to explore and experiment with digital tools in the future. In Push Pace 2023 State of the Church Tech Report, the Catholic edition, 74% of parishes indicated that they offered worship services both in person and online. Now, less than a quarter of respondents provided in person only, while 24% offered their hybrid worship services in the metaverse. Now, that means the use of a virtual reality, allowing a person mm-hmm. to kind of control what they were looking at. Right. Now, the Catholic edition of the study is derived from a 2022 survey that reached 170 priests and parish staff nationwide. And a big one, well, that was evangelization. In fact, 96% of parish leaders agree that technology is important to achieving the church's mission. You know, you think about what kind of reach you can have when, you know, using technology, but, you know, taking advantage of what Pope Francis said today. Yeah. It can't be the only way. And you can't sit behind a desk, you know, anonymously just firing off your ideas and thoughts or creating division, but really using both to really grow, uh, grow the church. Absolutely. Well, it hasn't happened in 100 years, but the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife reports that a wolf pack has been identified in southwest Washington. The big muddy pack so far has only two known members, one male and one female, but that's enough to meet the minimum requirement to be recognized as a pack. And the pack could be growing, though. As officials say, pups are typically born in late April or early May. Now, the new pack is named after the Big Muddy Creek, which comes off the east side of Mount Adams and empties into the Klickitat River north of Glenwood, Washington. The creek lies within the Yakima Indian Reservation, and the Yakima Nation chose the pack's name. Most of Washington's wolf packs are currently found in northeast and southeast corners of the state, but wolves have been moving into north-central and central Washington in recent years 
And now, Southwest Washington. South, so Yakima Reservation would be considered Southwest Washington uh, because mm-hmm. it, it, it takes you a few hours to get out to it right. from here. Uh, so, I yeah, Central, South Central, I, maybe I would stay closer to, but uh, my daughter lives out there in Ellensburg, so that's oh. not too far away. Well, maybe they'll see the wolf pack going Watch through their backyard. But a wolf pack is only two wolves. That's just two that's in this case. That's all you need. But pups are on the way. That's what they that's say. That's what they're well, saying. Okay, we'll watch for them. Well, just three weeks after closing without Oregon Health Authority's approval, Legacy Mount Hood Birth Center in Gresham will soon reopen. In a letter obtained by KGW News, Legacy's president said that they're working out the reopening details and will submit their plan to OHA. Now, the birthing center expects to once again welcome pregnant patients within the next 90 days. Legacy's initial closure announcement blamed the decision on a shortage of workers and financial losses. In its online FAQ, Legacy said the Gresham facility was an outlier among its six hospitals because of its relatively low number of births, ranging anywhere from 700 to 1,000 per year. Now, patients in each Multnomah County were diverted to the Family Birth Center at Randall's Children's Hospital in North Portland for labor and delivery services. Legacy closed the Mount Hood Birth Center March 17th before approval from OHA. Then on March 29th, Oregon health officials denied an application from Legacy to close the birth center, and they opened an investigation into that decision. Well, it has not been easy for the Oregon Shakespeare Festival over the past couple of years. The popular event in Ashland has had to deal with the pandemic and wildfires, not to mention leadership changes. To keep its upcoming season alive, the festival announced Tuesday that it needs to raise $2.5 million. To that end, the festival is asking current donors to move up their annual donations to bolster the Save Our Season campaign. Now, what could be a real boost to the festival is a bill making its way through the Oregon legislature that would help fund arts organizations. The Oregon Shakespeare Festival will receive over $5 million if passed. Now, time is of the essence as the festival opens its season next week. Wow. Yeah, with the performances of your favorite, Romeo and Juliet. Oh. And Rent. And Rent. And Rent. Is that one of the Shakespeare plays? Yeah, I guess so. I don't think so. but (laughs) I don't think so It's a good one. Uh, Season runs through October, by the way. You ever been to the Shakespeare Festival? No. I never have either. I've never been. Yeah, I'd love to go. Ashland is a ways to go, so it would take some planning. Oh, yeah. You want to drive down there, hotels, pick out uh, things to see. I mean, I've been to Ashland before, Yeah, just never to the uh, Shakespeare Festival. Well, it's time that we go. It's time. That's right. We'll do remote broadcasting. Well, the city of Vancouver has found that three of its nine water wells fields exceeds state levels for polyfluoroalkyl substances. Those are compounds harmful to both humans and the environment in testing in late February. And the Columbia newspaper reports the substances known as PFAs, uh-huh. yeah, include thousands of human-made compounds that have been branded forever chemicals since they don't break down in soil, water, or the human body, said Tyler Clary, Vancouver Water Engineer Program Manager. Now, later this week, Vancouver Public Water customers will receive a mailer outlining water sampling results as well as the city's next steps to address the issues. 
Now, Washington's drinking water levels adopted in 2021 regulate five types of PFAs and provide guidance for how much water a user can consume over a lifetime and not suffer adverse health effects, even in sensitive groups. What was the movie? We, we were talking about this a while back. You Both you and I watched it. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. Uh, it was about the, the in the water. Oh, oh, it wasn't. I mean, of course, the the big lawsuit yeah, was uh, yeah. Aaron Brockovich. No, but it that wasn't the one. movie yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. I'll think uh, of maybe it. Cher was in that one. Yeah, no, you, that was uh, that was a different. That, that was, was Silkwood. That was Silkwood. Yeah. Okay. I'll think of it. All right. There's another one. <laughs> Sorry to get us off track there. <laughs> uh, in sports, the skies cleared enough on Tuesday to allow for some college baseball on the bluff at Joe Wetzel Field. University of Portland fell to the Seattle Redhawks 10-2. Pilots head to San Diego this weekend to resume West Coast Conference play. In Corvallis last night, Oregon State hosted Gonzaga. Bulldogs jumped out to a 1-0 lead in the first. After that, it was the Beavers taking control and blasting the Bulldogs 15-1. OSU welcomes USC this weekend in Pac-12 action. And in Eugene, Oregon entertained San Francisco and beat the Dons 5-3. to three. Two teams will meet again today at 5 o'clock. It was actually kind of a nice afternoon. It, yeah. It was like, well, it, it, it cleared nice. a little. Yeah. We got a little hail at yeah. our house, though, a couple of times it came down. But then the, then the skies cleared up. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Well, sacramentals have been part of the Catholic Church in various ways from the very beginning. They're also known as extensions of the seven sacraments and naturally flow from them. Now, one object of the church that is among the oldest known sacramentals is the Agnus Dei disc. Now, this is a disc of wax with a figure of a lamb impressed upon it. Now, historically, these discs were worn around the neck and were made from the previous year's Paschal candle. They were originally created on Holy Saturday, then distributed to the people on the following Saturday. Now, tradition dates to around the 5th century, and later, the Pope was more intimately involved with this sacramental. It became a reserved blessing of the Pope, who consecrated these pieces of wax during the first year of his pontificate, and then every seven years after that. It is believed that Pope Pius XII was the last reigning pontiff to bestow such a blessing. Now, the sacred wax was a constant reminder of Christ's Easter victory. According to various papal writings, those who wore it were instructed that the sight or touch of the lamb impressed on these waxen discs, the faithful should be inspired to dwell on the mysteries of our redemption recalled by this symbol be moved to praise, venerate, and extol God's goodness to us. So, a wax lamb. Huh. I think that's very interesting. I'd love to see one of those. That is very much so. And Brenda continues her interview with Father Mike on Hispanic Ministries. That's right after the forecast. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying the Memorare to St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Remember, almost chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, then never was it known that anyone who implored your help or sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. That's materdeiradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And it is 744 at Mater Day Radio. Well, kind of a chilly morning out there. Have about a 50% chance of showers today. High of 50 degrees. Partly cloudy overnight tonight. Low of 34. Again, that frost advisory in effect for overnight tonight. And then we'll see a 30% chance of rain for Thursday, a high of 51. Currently, it is 37 degrees at the Madeline here in Portland. And 36 degrees at St. Peter's Church in Eugene. I am continuing now my conversation with Father Mike Cuber. Father Mike is the new director appointed by Archbishop Sample to head up Hispanic ministries here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Father Mike is joining me today as we talk more about his background in working with Hispanic communities and now going to talk about some of what he plans in this new role for the Archdiocese. Father Mike, thank you so much for staying with us. Sure. So one of the things we've tried to do is to gather the leaders in the Hispanic community and to and to listen. And we've we've tried to follow the model of uh, uh, Spanish ver to see. So ver, uh, evaluar y actuar. So ver is to see, evaluar is to evaluate, and actuar is to act. And so we've invited the leaders together and and just asked them. The question, what do you see? What's going on in Hispanic ministry? And we want to be a listening, discerning church. And so we called the leaders in and we asked them that question. And they wrote on on flip charts, what what, what did they see that's going on in their parish that's you know good and promoting the gospel and building up uh, our Hispanic families? And uh, so they 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 did that. And then and then we uh, gathered all the clergy too. All the clergy were invited. Um, clergy leaders. And we, we met at St. Cyril's in Wilsonville uh, on March 9th. And that was the second in-person meeting. And we're going to have another in-person meeting on, on May 18th. And uh, so that's one of the things we're trying to do is gather the leaders together and, and uh, get to know one another and learn together and plan together. And so we also have a meeting scheduled uh, for September 21st in the Salem metro area, October 19th in Southern Oregon, and November 16th, again, at the Pastoral Center. So 
We, we've developed a calendar. We've developed a, a network, a way of communicating, and we want to build upon that. So we're, so we're trying to build an infrastructure uh, for the leaders in our Hispanic community so that they can receive ongoing training and support so that they can minister well in their parishes. Father, is there an effort within the Archdiocese of Portland to encourage seminarians and priests who don't have a strength in Spanish language? Is there a movement to try to encourage that while they are in seminary to do immersion type programs? So that way, well, if the call is there and the need is there that, well, we have priests available who speak Spanish. Yeah, so I think it it depends on the region, it depends on the bishop, it depends upon the seminary. Uh, I know I know at Mount Angel, uh, all students are required to take presiding in Spanish, and they don't necessarily need to be fluent in Spanish, but they need to be able to preside at the mass in Spanish, and uh, and go through the prayers. They need to be. It's a it's very much a course on culture, on pronouncing the language correctly, and on understanding Hispanic culture. And uh, in addition to using the liturgical books in Spanish, uh, I also have a book I've published uh, called The Latino Moment. And the students have read from that as well. It's a book on culture because um, you have to understand the culture if you're going to lead, lead the people. You have to understand the culture if you're going to teach them. If you're going to pass the faith on, you have to you know, that's we all learn through culture. Oh, so. for sure. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Your book is titled Preaching to Latinos, Welcoming the Hispanic Moment in the U.S. Church. Is this something that a book that, as you said, more like a a textbook for seminarians, priests to learn how to preach? Because it would seem to many of us that the message would always be the same. No matter what language you are using, the message of the church will always be the same to draw people closer to Christ. Is there unique right. aspects, though, about preaching in Spanish to a Latino community? Uh, yes, I do talk about how the community was uh, first evangelized uh, by the image of Our Lady Guadalupe. It was very much the gospel in pictorial form. So Hispanic culture is more visual. It's a visual culture. It's not so much a written culture. And uh, so so signs and symbols take on greater meaning. So the reason why Our Lady Guadalupe was such an effective devotion that, that led to the conversion of thousands and thousands of, of Mexicans was because it was the gospel presented in a pictorial form, in a way that they could understand was the gospel at their level. And so you, the, it's a picture of the gospel. And uh, so that's why, um, so I think that's, that's the, the origins or the roots of preaching in Spanish. It's, it's uh, how do we best uh, communicate cross-culturally? It would have been Spanish culture, the Spanish missionaries from, from uh, so mo mostly Franciscans from Spain, how do they preach cross-culturally to this indigenous population? And they found it was best through through images. Not only Our Lady Guadalupe, but they would they would make images of the of the Our Father, each each article of the Our Father, each article of the Creed. There would be a picture, and that was it was on like a, a 
a skin, a skin of an animal, the hide of an animal, and they would unroll these things while they were preaching, preaching and teaching. Wow. And so that's that's the origin of how the, the faith was handed on uh, to the, the 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 Mexican people, to the Hispanic people. So it includes all the countries of South America. And the the Catholicism that they inherited was very much based upon what was going on in Spain. And, and in Spain, the Catholicism was characterized by devotions, by processions, by incense, by music. It was very, it appealed to the senses. And so, so that's what the, that the missionaries brought that experience of Catholicism to the new world and including to our, our Mexican community, but also to all the communities of uh, our Hispanic countries. And uh, that's why you find these rich expressions of Catholicism that you don't find so much here in the, uh, the European Anglo Church. Well, it's wonderful, Father Mike, to have you now as the head of this program and really starting to, well, hit the ground running, so to speak, to really meet the needs of those of our brothers and sisters of the Hispanic community. Now, over the last few minutes, Father, maybe share with us a little bit about some of your hopes and goals as you take on this new post. But more importantly, are there resources available to parishes who are looking to increase their outreach to Hispanic communities? And is that where your office is there to maybe help step in? Yeah, so I I think uh, long term, uh, I want to continue to work with the leaders of of Hispanic ministry in various parishes and equip them with the resources they need to do the work. And so I'm I'm not assigned to one particular parish or uh, rather I'm free to to go throughout the whole archdiocese and meet people and listen to them and hear their needs. And so I represent the bishop, Archbishop Sample, uh, but but I, but I also I represent the Hispanic community. I want I want the Hispanic leaders to feel free to to share what's going on in their parishes. What are what's going well? Where are their challenges? Uh, and so I'm very much uh, want to visit listen and respect the good the good work that the hispanic community has already done here and uh, build upon it i would say wonderful yeah well father i appreciate your time today we offer our prayers to you so that way this ministry just may grow abundantly under your direction before we go today will you offer us a prayer and your blessing sure we'll we'll uh um, dedicate ourselves to Our Lady Guadalupe. And so, Our Lady Guadalupe, we turn to you in prayer at the end of this interview, and we, we thank you that you you appeared in, in, in Mexico and you brought many men and women, boys and girls, to your son, Christ. And we pray that we would continue to bring all people to Christ and that we would be one in in christ even though we speak different languages and eat different food and we pray this through christ our lord almighty god bless you the father the son and the holy spirit amen amen oh father mike thank you so very much i really appreciate your time today thank you very much dios te bendiga 
And again, that is Father Mike Cuber. Now, he is the new director of Hispanic Ministries for the Archdiocese of Portland. I'll send a link over to where you can read more about Father and also get connected with him through the Archdiocese Hispanic Ministry office. You're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. One of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, boat, truck, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. All the information is right there. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you as well. It's Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program on our website, materdayradio.com, or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Hi everyone, this is David from Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we'll tell you about a new study about losing weight in older Americans. That's coming up. And a crucifix found in the mud after the war in France. Well, it sets out on pilgrimage to be returned to the rebuilt church. I'll have that story for you coming up right after... Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. There are some things in this world that are simple, but a person's character isn't one of them. People typically aren't 100% good or 100% bad. And the saints, while they are remembered for being incredibly virtuous, we're still very much human. Our saint for April 12th, St. Teresa of Los Andes, is a perfect example of this. St. Teresa was born as Juana or Juanita in the year 1900. She was one of six children in a well-to-do family living in Santiago, Chile. As a child, she enjoyed learning more about the faith from everyone around her, and she was particularly intrigued by the stories of the saints. When she was 14 years old, she read a biography of St. Therese of Lisieux, which inspired her to become a Carmelite nun. However, Juana was far from a perfect child. As a young teen, she was known for her vanity and anger, which sharply contrasted her to devotion to Jesus. She was surprisingly short-fused and easily lost her temper when others wronged her, something that she struggled with for some time. One particular story recounts that her older sister slapped her for being a nuisance, and Juana grabbed her arm, about to retaliate, but stopped herself halfway through and instead kissed her sister on the cheek. 
Juana's change in temperament began after her first communion, but it was only after reading about St. Therese and setting herself on the path toward religious life that she transformed into the kind and patient woman that she's known for today. Eventually winning the approval of her father, she entered into the Carmel of Los Andes at 18 years old, taking her new name, Teresa of Jesus. She was ecstatic to be part of a convent, and her temper was transformed into a fiery passion for her faith. She began to write letters documenting her thoughts and her understanding of the divine love that had prompted such a strong change in her character. Over 100 of these letters were collected, translated, and preserved in book form. Teresa's writings are considered inspiring, especially to the young, because her life was bound to be cut short. She was diagnosed with typhus soon after entering the convent and informed that she would not live for very long. She was still half a year away from completing the novitiate that would allow her to take her formal vows. But in view of her impending death, she was allowed to profess her vows early. She did so on the 5th of April, 1920, and died just a week later at only 19 years old. After several documented miracles following her death, she was canonized by Pope John Paul II in 1993. The most difficult opponent to battle is oneself something Teresa was keenly aware of before she became a nun. It's not all that surprising that she was inspired specifically by St. Therese of the Zoo, who once said, you cannot be half a saint. You must be a whole saint or no saint at all. That quote might be a little discouraging to those of us who feel like we have a lot of shortcomings to work through. But overcoming these trials gives us a greater appreciation for the kind of virtue that the saints have demonstrated and continue to demonstrate. St. Teresa of Los Andes, pray for us. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Easter resources, please download our Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, one of the top military hospitals in the U.S. says it is reviewing a Catholic pastoral care contract it awarded last month to a Virginia-based firm that specializes providing government clients with industrial machinery, janitorial supplies, in addition to chaplains and other religious staff. Now, Franciscan Friars at the Holy Name College in nearby Silver Springs, Maryland, had provided pastoral services at Bethesda's Walter Reed National Military Medical Center for nearly two decades. Their contract expired on March 31st. And in a statement, Walter Reed said they can and will continue to support all faiths for their religious, spiritual and emotional needs, including those of the Catholic faith. It continued... We have an ordained Catholic priest on staff and the awarded contract is to provide coverage in case our staff cannot. Now, the Holy Name College Fiery had continued to provide services after the contract expired, which prompted an April 4th cease and desist letter from the hospital that only increased Catholic concerns. The Archbishop for Military Services, Timothy Bergoglio, voiced objections on April 7th, citing the need to provide Holy Week and Easter Sunday services. Broglio, who was also the president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, called the hospital move incomprehensible. Well, Portland State University campus security officers will once again be allowed to carry guns. That word coming in an email sent from the school's president, Stephen Percy. This change comes three years after Portland State announced that their security officers would no longer carry the weapons following a series of events, 
including the killing of a man by PSU campus officers back in 2018. Student protests led to the gun ban in the fall of 2021. In his email Tuesday, Percy cited rising dangers, weapon sightings, and a lack of support from Portland police around campus as the reasons for the reversal, which took place February 14th without public announcement. Spokesperson for PSU said officers can choose not to carry a weapon if they believe doing so would escalate a situation. Well, Multnomah County is offering small grants for businesses east of Interstate 205 that have been impacted by vandalism. But for some small businesses, it's seen as helpful but not nearly enough. Ashy Azin owns Jordan Motorsports Motorsports on Northeast 122nd Avenue. About three weeks ago, someone broke several windows inside his store, costing him more than $30,000 to repair the damages, and it's not the first time this has happened. Now, each business can apply for a $5,000 grant as part of the $100,000 program. Businesses can use the funds to repair broken windows and remove graffiti that occurred after July 1st of 2022. Now, if businesses want to apply for the grant, they they can do so uh, by clicking on their online form. Only one application will be accepted for any business or business owner, according to the county. Well, is it always good to drop a few pounds? Not necessarily, according to a new study that examined weight loss in older adults. The study looked at nearly 17,000 adults at least 70 years old in Australia and more than 2,000 adults in the United States who were at least 65 years old. The study found that even a 5% weight loss increases mortality rate, particularly in older men. Weight gain in healthy older women, on the other hand, showed no association. Now, while there were many variables in the study, weight loss may be a warning sign for conditions like cancer and dementia, and it's often linked to reduced appetite influenced by inflammation and hormones, according to the study's lead author, Dr. Manira Hussain. Now, she adds a major contributing factor to weight loss in older adults is social isolation. Mm. Yeah, other concerns include financial constraints and pain and comfort or discomfort, and that's why it's important to stay connected to a health care professional. So, yeah, it's one of those things to where... Yeah, you know, good things, bad things. But right. if you're, you know, you see somebody all of a sudden they're starting to drop weight and it doesn't seem healthy, then yeah, there might be an issue. Good thing to watch out for. Yeah. Well, just three weeks after closing without Oregon Health Authority's approval, Legacy Mount Hood Birth Center in Gresham will soon reopen. In a letter obtained by KGW News, Legacy's president said they're working out the reopening details and will submit their plan to OHA. And the birthing center expects to once again welcome pregnant mothers within the next 90 days. Legacy's initial closure announcement blamed the decision on a shortage of workers' financial losses. In its online FAQ, Legacy and the Gresham facility was an outlier among its six hospitals because of its relatively low number of births, ranging from about 700 to 1,000 per year. Now, patients in East Multnomah County were being diverted to the Family Birth Center at Randall Children's Hospital in North Portland for labor and delivery services. Now, Legacy closed the Mount Hood Birth Center March 17th before approval from OHA, They then opened up an investigation into the closure. 
In sports, NBA playing games last night. Two teams are advancing to the playoffs. In the West, the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves in overtime. 108-102, to LeBron James with 30 points and 10 rebounds. Lakers will face Memphis in the first round starting Sunday. In the East, it was the Atlanta Hawks scorching the Miami Heat 116-101. to The Hawks will now travel to Boston for a first-round game against the Celtics on Saturday. More play-in games tonight with Chicago facing Toronto and Oklahoma City taking on New Orleans. Will a church that was destroyed in France during the Battle of the Soma has regained its holy crucifix that was lost in battle? Now, plucked from the mud in 1916 by a British reverend, it was brought back to Britain and has Bradley sat on the altar of All Saints Church in Tinwell since 1936. Now the crucifix is due for a return to its rightful home this June after some of All Saints parishioners discovered the original church in France had been rebuilt only a few years after the war's end. Now, a group of 10 churchgrowers will set out on pilgrimage to reunite the crucifix with the church on a 297-mile trip to the village in northern France in what will be the 107th year since the battle. Now, the village and its church were almost completely destroyed during the Battle of the Soma. The village and its church were rebuilt following the armistice and the crucifix is seen as a precious link between its devastation and its restoration. The crucifix, which is in the French style, has a shortened top with a gilded metal figure of Christ, was later used as a replacement for a small altar cross at All Saints. Now, the trip has taken four years to arrange and required special dispensation from the chancellor of the Petersburg Diocese to remove the figure of Christ on the cross from the church. Now, Hubert Boizard, a member of the local history group, said, I look forward to meeting our English friends to remember the past when their country defended France and freedom. And the region is sensitive to the fate of all the young British soldiers who died on our soil. Now, the return of the crucifix symbolizes the friendship between our two nations. More than a hundred years later that this story, that they were able to discover and know the story of this crucifix and then, well, to be able to set out on this journey to return it. What a wonderful uh, kind of way that Christ unifies. And coming up, we're going to speak with Miriam Marston, blazing the trail. She joins us right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, Inspire my will with courage. Enrich my life with service. Pardon what I have been. Sanctify what I am. 
order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Only a few days remain before Matrade Radio's 2023 Spring Shareathon Seek the Truth, and we need your help to make this a successful event. Join us as we lead more searching souls into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ on April 17th through 21st. To prepare for this week of joyful celebration, please prayerfully consider making a gift to help us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a sizable impact on the success of Mater Day Radio's 2023 Spring Shareathon by providing a sound incentive for other listeners to match your financial generosity. To learn more and make your matching gift now, go to materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And join us as we seek the truth during our 2023 Spring Shareathon, coming April 17th through 21st to Mater Day Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 8-12 here at Mater Day Radio. A little snow fell this morning. It's sticking at higher elevations, but looking out the window right now on Sylvan Hill, looks to be mostly all melted away. But your morning commute may be impacted and definitely check bus routes before sending kids out the door too. Now, temperatures will rise this morning. Any snow will quickly shift to just rain. But then it looks to dry out a little bit as we move into the afternoon. Daytime highs push to the lower 50s. Then into the overnight hours, we drop again to the lower 30s. David, you said there's a frost warning out there for tomorrow morning. There is a frost advisory. I think it starts like at midnight tonight. Runs till about 10 tomorrow morning. All right, be ready for that one. And then tomorrow, mostly cloudy. Highs again to the lower 50s and kind of a lower chance of showers continuing into Thursday. All right, 31 degrees at St. Philip Church in Dallas. And it is 36 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Battleground, Washington. Well, it is always a joy when we bring to the airwaves the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening at 7.30 right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. And she's the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. It's Miriam Marston. Good morning, Miriam, and happy Easter to you. Good morning, David, and happy Easter to all of you as well. Oh, thank you so much. So did you see any snowflakes this morning in the springtime? Uh you know, I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear all of that stuff about frost <laughs> and snow. No, no, no. That's just, it's not possible. That's right. That's not going to stop your morning walk. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Well, as the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony's, uh, I want to ask you, how did Easter go in the Easter vigil? I mean, you're heading up the RCIA program. How did it all come out? 
Yeah, praise God. It went it went really well. Uh, again, we had uh, 23 baptisms at our Easter vigils. So, you know, wow. you, you look up at the front of the church, and there was not much room left over. That's <laughs> so great. I would love to have 50 next year, but I was sort of wondering, where are we going to put them all? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so we did. We had 11 adults, 12 children um, uh, come into the church at Easter. And, you know, I remember feeling this in, in the last couple of years, that the closer I got to the Easter vigil, I feel... Like, I had less and less to do with what was going on, that it really is the work of the Holy Spirit at that point. Just let, just to really be in awe and to reverence what God has done to bring each person to the font that night. So I just, I, my heart was just filled with so much gratitude, David, by by the end of the night. Um, I mean, it was busy. I was tired, you know. <laughs> sure. it was a, it was a short, you know, night um, on Saturday. Got probably got about four hours of sleep, and then turn around and come back for Sunday mass. And but it's uh, it's the best kind of busy I could ask yeah. for um, is being able to 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 be a witness to what God is doing in very concrete and tangible ways in in these individuals' lives. Twenty three, though, that is a fantastic number. So just logistically, how did how do you do that? How how did, how did everybody go through? I mean, what was the process? Yeah, well, logistically, I had some help. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, um, you know, definitely some moving pieces. You know, there's a lot of you know, there's some paperwork behind the scenes um, and, and and all of that. Um, but it all comes together in the end. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a scramble in, in the days leading up. Like if if folks are picking a saint name, well, we'll, we'll need to have that for their name tag and their certificate. Right. But you know, David, it, it comes together, and, and you know, they they have um they have an excitement. You know, the the catechumens. Well, by that point, they're we call them the elect, and now they are neophytes. Um, yep. But they they have an excitement, and so um it, it's so easy to work with that yeah. when you sense that they're really looking forward to this moment. Um, you want to do what you can to make this occasion just special and memorable. Yeah, and I'm thinking too, thinking about certainly with babies during the baptism at the baptismal font and things. With the adults, uh, I mean, that's a whole different way of doing things. And I guess getting to chat with them and talk with them about being baptized, they get to communicate that to you, verbalize it. I mean, what are the, some of the things that you hear? Exactly. Yeah. And and something we, we talk a lot about is that this is just the beginning. Yeah. That they don't get to the baptismal font understanding every single thing about what the church teaches, for mm-hmm. instance. That's it's it's honestly it's not possible. Yeah. Um I'm I've been doing this for years and I'm learning something new every day. So but it's it's that sense that they're able to express um, a faith in Jesus Christ and and a love of the church as uh, as a gift that God has given to them and that they understand they're embarking on this new chapter. But it, rem, they they understand these are sacraments of initiation and right. not graduation. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're really just getting started. And I tell them that at the beginning that I'm not here to help them to the finish line. That I'm there to help them to the starting line. Wow. And so that's that's much of what we talk about. That they they understand this is just the beginning. Beginning, because then that takes some of the pressure off, that they don't feel like they have to know everything, but they have to um, be open to this gift of faith that will uh, just motivate them to, to keep persevering in right. this journey. Mm, that's wonderful. Well, we're speaking with Miriam Marston. She is the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening, 730, right here on Mater Day Radio, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app, and the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. 
Well, here we are now in Easter, 50 days up until Pentecost. Sunday, though, another special day, Divine Mercy Sunday. So tell me a little bit about Divine Mercy Sunday. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because this will be our first session, speaking of the RCIA. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be our first session with the neophytes and their baptism. And so uh, we're going to cover both mystagogy, which is this season that they're, that they're in in terms of understanding the mystery, but I'm going to tie it into Divine Mercy yeah. because that's what we're celebrating on Sunday. Um. And uh, so I just, I, I'm actually a recent, uh, I don't want to say convert, but I, I, you know, I knew about mercy for a long time, but it was only during the year of mercy that my eyes, my heart was open to this beautiful devotion to divine mercy. Mm-hmm. And so I really kind of dove into the story of St. Faustina and the beautiful visitations she received from our Lord who appointed her as his uh, secretary, his apostle of divine mercy, to go uh, share the, the news with the whole world that um, there is uh, no one, there is no one beyond the reach of God's mercy. There's no sin that could fall outside the, the bounds of his mercy. And so it really is a, a message of great hope and consolation. Pope John Paul II said that when he established the Feast of Divine Mercy in, in the year 2000 and when he canonized St. Faustina, that was the happiest day of his life. Mm. And uh, that should tell us something. This, he, yeah. he lived through a lot, but it, it gave him such joy to share this news of divine mercy, which we need so badly in this world. Mercy is nothing new. We know that, David, that right. it's, it's all over the Old Testament. But really, it, the, the, the Old Testament, it was setting the stage for Jesus who comes to give us the, the very face of mercy. Uh, Pope Francis talks about that, about Jesus providing that, that uh, face of, of the merciful Father, um, and I, you know, uh, Pope John Paul II, again, to look to him, he calls mercy, um, love's second name. Mm. And, and I love that, um, that mercy is really what love looks like when it breaks into our woundedness, our sin, our despair, our brokenness. That's, it's just another name for love. It's just that's what it looks like when it's breaking into all of that, all of that brokenness in us. And we know that it's there. And so we know that we need his mercy. Um, and so I would say the message of divine mercy is one that is, is very hopeful. Um, the sort of refrain of divine mercy is, Jesus, I trust in you. Right. And so it's really allowing, uh, allowing God to be God in our life right, <laughs> and yeah. to, to let him uh, just kind of lead the way and let, let ourselves be led by mercy. Yeah, and I know just here on Mater Day Radio, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy is always a very popular prayer. When I've been out and about talking with folks, and, you know, they talk about the rosary, they often talk so much about the chaplet. Yeah, it's a very simple one. Yeah. Um, I, I found, I, I, again, I developed a, a great love for it. It's just, it's very easy to say. It doesn't, it doesn't take too long if we're concerned about, you know, time. Um, and it's just, uh, and it's just, I would say even just those words, Jesus, I trust in you. Right. Even just throughout the day, it's a wonderful prayer to kind of punctuate our day. Yeah. Um, you know, if uh, on good days, long days, um, just to be able to say, 
you know, in those moments, Jesus, I trust in you. Well, again, Divine Mercy Sunday coming right up on Sunday. Just a wonderful celebration again within Easter and just a, a wonderful 50 days we have to look forward to. Well, Marion, I'm glad your Easter went very well. It's always great to talk with you and hear how you uh, are doing at St. Anthony's Catholic Church. And I want to mention this too. You're going to be with us next week, as is your pastor, Father Henderson, for our Spring share So thank you so much for that. Awesome. Well, I'm very much looking forward to it. All right. Well, have a wonderful day, and God bless. You as well. God bless, and happy Easter. You too. And it is 822 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, in preparation for Divine Mercy Sunday, and also in preparation for our Spring share have you downloaded our free Hail Mary media app. You know, on the air, we pray the rosary and the Divine Mercy chaplet, but you can also pray that if you have the Hail Mary media app. Just download it today. It's absolutely free, and you have access to pray that both as an audio and as a text prayer, so you could follow along. And then, well, you also have access to that full library of both text and audio prayers. You can also join in on the special novenas and pray along with Mater Day Radio as we lead up to these special celebrations. You're also going to have access to support Mater Day Radio in our Spring share that is just a week away. And in fact, coming up in our next half hour, David, we're going to have a big reveal. Mm-hmm. We always have a host that joins us for the Spring share So if you stay with us in our next half hour, well, we're going to have a talk with that person. Might be a voice you can remember from Sherathon's past. So stay with us. And while you're waiting, download that free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's HelpOurMarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Mater Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through All Source Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All Source Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com or call 503-967-4887 for All Source Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's leadership circle. 
Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Dei Radio. And it is 826 at Mater Dei Radio. The Oregon Shakespeare Festival needs support. We'll have the details for you in the news. And in the future, could we be attending Mass in the Metaverse? Sounds like sci-fi movie, but already about a quarter parishes offering this virtual reality option. I'll have that story for you coming up in news in three minutes. Here's Marie Miller, two to one. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. It hasn't been so long since we were like a diamond sky.
is Murray Miller and 2 to 1. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis has told keyboard warriors to put aside online polemics and get out from behind their desk to proclaim the gospel. Now, speaking in St. Peter's Square on April 12th, the Pope urged Christians to go out, get moving, to share the good news of the gospel with the world. The pontiff said one does not proclaim the gospel standing still, locked in an office at one's desk or at one's computer, engaging in polemics like keyboard warriors and replacing the creativity of proclamation with copy and paste ideas taken from here and there. Now, in his Wednesday audience, the Pope warned that it is possible to have misdirected zeal that is doggedly persisted in the observance of purely human and obsolete norms for the Christian community. At the end of the audience, Pope Francis marked the 60th anniversary of the publication of St. John the 23rd's encyclical Pacem and Terrace, that's Peace on Earth, calling the document a true blessing for the world when it was published 1963 amid the tensions of the Cold War. And live streaming and digital giving tools were necessities for parishes at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. But as the world reopened and parishes adapted, priests and leaders across the U.S. realized that they want to continue to explore and experiment with digital tools in the future. In Pushpaith 2023 State of the Church Tech Report, Catholic Church Edition, 74% of parishes indicated that they offered worship services both in person and online. Now, less than a quarter of respondents provided in person only, while 24% offered their hybrid worship service in the metaverse. That's with the use of virtual reality. Now, the Catholic edition of the study is derived from the 2022 survey that reached 170 priests and parish staff nationwide. Most importantly, though, 96% of parish leaders agree that technology is important to achieving the church's mission. You know, one of the biggest things with technology that I've appreciated, of course, having when COVID shutdown happened to be yeah. able to watch online. But I think even before that, the ability to do your giving, your Sunday giving uh, donations. Oh, yeah, right. To do those online so easy yeah so so much easier you just set it up and then you don't have to worry about it although in some cases people feel obligated that they want it to be seen that they give so in our church they have these little cards that say i give electronically oh and so they feel like you know they are putting something in the basket as it goes by but it's just uh just kind of an announcement that that's the way i choose to do it i always like to watch you writing a check Beaversley at the last the second, in the second. Hold, yeah. wait, hold on to that. And then the kids are upset because they have to hold on to the basket while you finish writing the check. That's right. Yep, I've done that before, too. Well, it hasn't happened in 100 years, but the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife reports that a wolf pack has been identified in southwest Washington. The big muddy pack so far is only two known members, one male and one female, but that's enough to meet the minimum requirement to be recognized as a pack. Now, the pack could be growing, though, as officials say 
Pups are typically born in late April or early May. The new pack is named after the Big Muddy Creek, which comes off the east side of Mount Adams and empties into Klickitat River north of Glenwood, Washington. Now, the creek lies within the Yakima Indian Reservation, and the Yakima Nation chose the pack's name. Now, most of Washington's wolf packs are currently found in the northeast and southeast corners of the state, but wolves have been moving into north-central and central Washington in recent years. Wow. I, I don't include it in the story, but I saw the numbers of how many wolves now they've identified Okay. In the state, and it's growing. It yeah, is. Yeah, definitely. I think that they, wolves have kind of a, a, a large area that they can roam. I mean, who knows how soon it would be that, that they'll start to move in uh, even a little closer to where people... I think they tend to stay away from people, yeah. though, well, yeah. uh, for the most part. But uh, I, I'm going to be looking. Next time I drive out to see my daughter, we go through uh, Yakima mm-hmm. Reservation, and uh, I'll be looking for them. I see a lot of coyotes. Do you? Yeah. I think that I would be hard-pressed to tell the difference between a coyote and a wolf if I saw one, unless they were right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. I think you would. You think I might be able to tell? I think so. Uh, fortunately, I have a wildlife biologist say, that's probably driving <laughs> the car next to me. He'd be able to tell he, me. He would know. Well, Multnomah County is offering small grants for businesses east of Interstate 205 that have been impacted by vandalism. But for some small businesses, it's seen as helpful but not nearly enough. Ash Yassen owns Jordan Motorsports on Northeast 122nd Avenue. About three weeks ago, someone broke several windows inside his store. And it's costing him more than $30,000 to repair the damage. And it's not the first time it's happened. Now, each business can apply for a $5,000 grant. It's part of the $100,000 program. The businesses can use the funds to repair broken windows and remove graffiti that occurred after July 1st of 2022. Businesses who want to apply have to go online. Only one application will be accepted for any one business or business owner, according to the county. Well, it has not been easy for the Oregon Shakespeare Festival over the past couple of years. The popular event in Ashland has had to deal with the pandemic, wildfires, not to mention leadership changes. Now, to keep its upcoming season alive, the festival announced Tuesday that it needs to raise $2.5 million. To that end, the festival is asking current donors to move up their annual donations to bolster the Save Our Season campaign. What could be a real boost to the festival is a bill making its way through the Oregon legislature that would help fund arts organizations. Now, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival would receive over $5 million if passed. Time is of the essence as the festival opens its season next week with performances of Romeo and Juliet and Rent. Season runs through October. I think that my preference would be much more to go and see this performed in front of you than how I had to do it in high school English, where we had to read it. And, oh, yes. Uh, it, it's difficult to understand exactly what uh, old Bill was getting at when he was writing his uh, plays. Romeo, oh, Romeo. Wherefore art thou? There you go. See, okay. you're very good. I remember. <laughs> Well, the city of Vancouver has found that three of its nine well fields exceed state levels of polyfluoroalkyl substances. Those are compounds harmful to both humans and the environment, testing in late February. Now, the, Cumbian, the Columbian newspaper reports the substances, known as PFAs, include thousands of human-made compounds that have been branded forever chemicals since they don't break down in soil, water, or the human body. 
Tyler Clary of Vancouver Water Engineering Program Manager announced later this week that Vancouver public water customers will receive a mailer outlining water sampling results as well as the city's next steps to address the issue. Now, Washington's drinking water levels adopted in 2021 regulate five types of PFAs and provide guidance for how much water a user can consume over a lifetime and not suffer adverse health effects, even for sensitive groups. And in sports, the skies cleared enough on Tuesday to allow for some college baseball on the bluff at Joe Etzel Field. University of Portland fell to the Seattle Redhawks 10-2. Pilots head to San Diego this weekend to resume West Coast Conference play. In Corvallis last night, Oregon State hosted Gonzaga. Bulldogs jumped out to a 1-0 lead in the first. After that, it was the Beavers taking control and blasting to a 15-1 victory. OSU welcomes USC this weekend in Pac-12 action. And in Eugene last night, Oregon entertained San Francisco and beat the Dons 5-3. Two teams will meet again today at 5 o'clock. Well, sacramentals have been part of the Catholic Church in various ways from the very beginning. They're known as extensions of the seven sacraments and naturally flow from them. One object of the church that is amongst the oldest known sacramental is the Agnus Dei disc. Now, this is a disc of wax with the figure of a lamb impressed upon it. Now, historically, these discs were worn around the neck and were made from the previous year's Paschal candle. They were originally created on Holy Saturday morning, then distributed to the people on the following Saturday. Now, the tradition dates to around the 5th century. Later, the Pope was more intimately involved with the sacramental, became a reserved blessing of the Pope, who consecrated these pieces of wax during the first year of his pontificate, and then every seven years after. It is believed that Pope Pius XII was the last reigning pontiff to bestow such a blessing. Now, the sacred wax was a constant reminder, Christ's Easter victory. And according to various papal writings, those who wore it were instructed that at the sight or touch of the lamb impressed on these waxen discs, the faithful should be inspired to dwell on the mysteries of our redemption recalled by the symbol They are to be moved to praise, venerate, and extol God's goodness to us in hoping to obtain pardon for their sins and to be cleansed from all stain of sin. They have some pictures online at alatea.org of one of these wax discs. It's it's not too large. It looks like it almost could be worn maybe around the neck, but Mm -hmm. uh, there it is. It's uh, wax with the lamb on it. Do you know what uh, Agnus Dei is in Latin? Well, is that that's Lamb of God? Lamb of God, right? Yes. Of course, we sing that yeah, every exactly right. every Sunday. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, this evening we have been talking about dessert with Dominicans for youth. That's happening at Aquinas Hall Holy Rosary Parish. Please don't go. That event's been postponed. I saw that on our community calendar. Which, by the way is up and running. Yep, our website is working again. So don't attend Desserts with Dominicans. But what you can attend tomorrow at the St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception, well, you can go to Thursday Adoration. Adoration is available from 8 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. You can contact the parish office to sign up for a regular hour. 
or just drop by when you can. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and of course, the Hail Mary media app. So we have our spring share coming up, as we've been talking about, starting next Monday, the 17th. We're going to have the big reveal coming up right after the forecast. Who is going to be the special share guest host? You'll find out next. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. If monks take a vow of silence, am I talking too much? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Fortunately, monks do not take a vow of silence. In fact, St. Benedict's rule is actually concerned not with silence, but with restraint of speech. This is much more difficult to achieve. For St. Benedict, restraint of speech is a sign of openness to obedience and openness to learning. Most of all, quoting the book of Proverbs, he tells us, In a flood of words, you will not escape sin. But in our modern-day, media-driven society, few of us practice restraint of speech. The result is more sin and more suffering in our world. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. Ask yourself today, do I have the self-control to restrain my speech? Can I commit to saying only the good things people need to hear? Or is my speech sometimes hurtful, angry, or untruthful? The fruit of your restraint of speech will be evident. Don't miss the 33rd annual Spring Fling Auction at Sacred Heart Catholic School in Jervis, Oregon. Join the fun on Saturday, April 22nd, beginning at 5 p.m. Admission includes dinner, dessert, beverages, and a chance to bid on some wonderful auction items. Purchase your tickets at the school office or from a parent. For more information, please call 503-792-4541. That's 503-792-4541. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. And it is 844 at Mater Day Radio. Well, kind of a chilly, damp day today. They're now saying an 80% chance of rain or snow showers through 2 p.m. today. What? So we've seen snow showers, although, again, the, the likelihood anything sticking pretty unlikely. Although, just a heads up for you. High of 50 degrees. Then for tonight, partly cloudy skies, low of 34. Frost advisory in effect at midnight tonight through 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. And then for Thursday, we'll see a 30% chance of showers with a high of 51. Well, currently it is 40 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And 39 degrees at Sacred Heart Church in Portland. 
Well, two times a year here at Mater Day Radio, we pause from our regular wonderful programming and invite the community to join and support us in this mission. For more than 30 years, Mater Day Radio, dare I say, the first lay Catholic radio station opened here in the Portland area, all due to a group of people who wanted to pray the rosary mm-hmm. on the radio. Well, this many years later, we are going strong, and it is that time again. The Spring share just around the corner begins on Monday, and joining us on the phone is the host. If you pick out every joyful, holy word that is in our English language, well, that would be the best word to describe our host this year. It is the wonderful Dave Vassaris. He's joining us today all the way from Toledo, Ohio. Good morning, David. Good morning, Brenda and Dave. I can't wait to get there with this one caveat. No snow. No, what in the world are we? What are we talking It's April. What is going on there in Portland, Oregon? Oh, it's it's crazy, Dave. But you know what? When you arrive, the sun will come out. It'll shine. It'll, it'll be beautiful. You know, you being in Toledo, it makes me think of, did you coin the phrase, Holy Toledo? Well, I didn't claim it, but we've we've added more meat to it. Uh, Our bishop here is so fantastic. He's made it all about our faith. He's captured that phrase and really kind of spread it all over the place. And Toledo's a special place, but I will tell you this. As you just said, Brenda, there's no place more special than Portland, Oregon, when it comes to Catholic Radio. Mater Dei Radio is truly the mother of Catholic Radio throughout the United States of America, you started a Catholic radio station there. That model has been duplicated almost 500 times in the United States now, all started in Portland. So I always just treasure uh, the opportunity to come to Portland in a big way just to give thanks for all that has happened uh, from all the good people there in Portland, not only there, but all over the country. Well, Dave, you are very familiar with what it takes to support Catholic radio in any community. Kind of let our listeners know, you know, the value of having a radio station that spreads the good news for those who are seeking the truth, which is the theme of this year's share It's such an invaluable resource to be able to provide Catholic programming to a world so in need, especially a city like Portland. Amen to that. And, And I'll put it this way. Look, St. Teresa of Calcutta said, God's work done in God's time never lacks God's provision. I am 100% confident that the dollars that are needed to continue the great work that Mater Dei Radio are going to come in. There's an invitation going out to so many right now, and the only thing that we're waiting for is who's going to say yes to that invitation and receive from the Lord what he wants to give to them in return. I want to go, you know, we're going to talk a lot about Mother Angelica uh, during this time, because right in the middle of your uh, on-air pledge drive next week, we are going to mark the 100th anniversary of the birth of Mother Angelica, so on April the 20th, right there smack in the middle. So I wanted to uh, tell a quick story about her that I think also connects to those that were inviting to support Mater Dei Radio. Sometime after she had gotten EWTN off the ground, and things were going well, in fact, getting to her later years, Uh, She was in conversation with the Lord about what a blessing it had been to be involved with this work that he had called her to do. And she recounts that he gently says to her, you know, you weren't the first one I asked. And she's a little stunned by this. (laughs) And he says, in fact, you were the fourth person I asked. You were the first one who said yes. Mm. Wow. You were the first one who said yes. 
And when I, say, when I say this, brothers and sisters, this is for all of us. The invitation comes out to all of us. Who will say, yes, God's work is going to get done? Do we get to be a part of it or not? The invitation is there. What is he asking you to do? My greatest suggestion to all of us in all aspects of our, life, our lives, and in particular as we're called to support good things, is be in the habit of saying yes. Prayerfully consider what the Lord would have you do and then quickly respond with that yes, because your, le- your yes leads to another yes, leads to another yes. Consider Mother Angelica's yes, and how many yeses have been built upon that. But also consider the three people who were asked before her, according to what the Lord spoke to her, the three who were invited to do it before she said yes. We just don't want to miss out on the opportunity for what God has prepared for us. Well, the first yes that we received for the Spring share is from Dave Vassaris. He's the president of Annunciation Radio of Northwest Ohio out of Toledo. He said yes and has agreed to join us for Spring share Of course, it begins on Monday. Well, Dave, I love that you brought up Mother Angelica because you're right. Her 100th birthday falls on April 20th, and you're very familiar with her life, and she's been kind of a role model for you and an inspiration and a spiritual guide for you in your career as uh, in, in communications. You have some amazing stories that you've put together. And in fact, on that day, we're going to be giving away a special gift for listeners that call in. Well, it's a book, Faith Over Fear, Lessons from My Life with Mother Angelica and the author, Dave Vassaris. David, yeah. you have a wonderful book available now on Mother Angelica. How did you put this together? You know, as, as again, going back to the story, say yes, I felt the Lord uh, impress it upon my heart eight years ago that I was supposed to write this book, uh, giving some details about uh, my engagement with Mother, learning uh, the faith at the feet of Mother Angelica, and beginning with my... Uh, arrival at EWTN in 1987, so, you know, going back quite a, while, quite a ways in my relationship with her. But in particular, when Catholic Radio came out to really be invited to be a big part of that and see the growth firsthand, and this was all a vision that, that the Lord had shared with Mother and asked her to lead. So I thought there were some stories in there worth sharing, and, uh, and the feedback has been fabulous. And Faith Over Fear really talks not only about my life with Mother, but my life before Mother Angelica and how things changed and shifted dramatically when I was introduced to her and began to see her operate in faith the same way that we're called to operate with great confidence, knowing that the God of the universe loves us and cares for us, but has also has a plan and a purpose for our lives that we might make a difference in the lives of so many others. And so I'm praying that, that many people... Uh, read the book, that their lives are impacted by it. And so far, the uh, the feedback has been fabulous. And any chance I get to talk about this great woman of faith, I'm always going to do that because her life has impacted the lives of so many others. And so many things about her life, knowing her personally, getting to spend so much time with her, she herself would say she was not a perfect person, but she had immense faith, mm. just always trusted that God was going to be there and he was going to make things work according to his plan, according to his design, and all she had to do was be willing to cooperate and say yes, no matter what the obstacles that came up, just keep saying yes, keep giving it over to the Lord, and I know that's where we're going to be. 
uh, come the end of the week next week when we're giving thanks and ringing bells and uh, being <laughs> so thankful for all of those who participate to get us to the goals that we need to get to, not want to get to, absolutely need to get to, and we know that God will provide for that need. And I am just praying that everyone who's listening to my voice now participates in that so you can be a part of that great victory. Uh, Dave, we really look forward to having you here. It's going to be a wonderful week, and I know you just bring so much to the table when you come in. And just with our theme, Seek the Truth, I mean, it just runs parallel to your book. I love it. Well, and Patrick Ryan has made it clear. I, I bring a lot to the table. He said, mostly what you bring to the table is words. He says, use less of them. Let other people talk. I'm trying. I'm no. trying. I'm working on it. I can't oh. wait. Uh, we're looking oh. forward to it. Uh, it's, it's just going to be such a wonderful week and a wonderful day to celebrate Mother Angelica's birthday. We look forward to you coming and uh, not bringing more snow with you, David. That would be our first request. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll talk with you on Monday. Can't wait to be with you guys. God bless you. God bless. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jumpstart to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast. Again, chance of uh, rain about 80% today. Maybe a snowflake mixed in there, too, up to about 2 o'clock. High of 50 degrees, low overnight tonight, 34. Frost advisory goes into effect at midnight. Then tomorrow, 30% chance of showers, a high of 51. It's currently 39 degrees in the Rose City. And closing our show today, here is Kyle Sincouli from The Cross. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Slow down. You're headed for the end now. You're bound to have a breakdown. There is hope for you.
That is Kyle Sincouli and From the Cross. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Morning Blend today. David and Brenda with you. We do appreciate it. You know what I noticed? What's that? That uh, bowl of Easter candy in the kitchen. Who ate it all? It's almost empty. All the chocolate has definitely been picked through. Uh, that, that was gone like first day. That was gone. <laughs> that was out of there. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll do our best to finish we need it to off refill because that. we're going to have to clear the table for share next right. week. It's going to be full of great things to eat. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. We hope that you have a very blessed day.